again, everybody. Um, this morning, actually, we, um, we begin a short series of sermons on the book of Isaiah, returning to Isaiah after a break of a few years. Um, and to this morning and next week as well, we're going to think about Hezekiah, a king from Isaiah, what the book of Isaiah tells us. Uh, but um, perhaps we could start actually by thinking about uh, what Hannah uh, taught us this morning from um, the, the book of James, because the book of James opens with a perhaps deliberately provocative set of ideas and commands. James writes, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Whew, a lot in there, but perhaps we could ask, what is wisdom? Uh, that's a good question. What, is, what does it mean to be wise? Well, uh, we might think that the very, very, very knowledgeable or the very, very, very intelligent are wise. But actually, wisdom is something different. Um, to pick on some fictional characters, just for a moment, uh, Dr. Sheldon Cooper in Big Bang Theory. He is very, very intelligent. In fact, he's a genius. But he is a profoundly unwise man. In fact, he's so lacking in wisdom that he cannot function independently as an adult without this super patient, super forgiving, super loving group of friends and colleagues around him. On the other hand, there's Forrest Gump. Uh, Forrest Gump, we're told, is a man of unusually low IQ. He is not a smart man, and he knows it. But is he a wise man? Yes, he is. He consistently demonstrates wisdom in the film named after him uh, whenever he acts um, faithfully, lovingly, and humbly. That's, those are wise things to do. But what is wisdom? Well, um, speaking biblically, one of the things that we can say about wisdom is that wisdom is always very, very practical. Wisdom is knowing what to do and doing it. But what is wisdom? Well, another way of thinking about wisdom, and it's not the only way, but another way of thinking about wisdom is that wisdom is knowing the difference between fact and fiction, between truth and lies. Um, King Solomon. Hands up if you've heard of King Solomon. Okay, hands up if you've heard of that about that incident with the, with the two mums and a sword. Yeah, you know that? Okay, right, okay. Well, King Solomon asked God for wisdom, and God gave it to him 
generously, without finding fault. And on day one of his new job, being king, Solomon was confronted by two young women, arguing about which one of them was the real mother of a little baby boy. Both claimed that the baby was theirs, and that the other was lying. Uh, well, um, I wouldn't have known what to do. I mean, what do you, I mean, such a case is hopeless. There were no witnesses. There's no external evidence. Uh, DNA testing, well, that's, that's quite a long way in the future. Um, it's a hopeless case. You sort it out. Um, but Solomon had asked for wisdom. And um, uh, uh, he, he demonstrated that wisdom practically. He knew what to do, and he did it. And he forced a judgment. He made a judgment that forced a distinction. And the liar was revealed to be the liar. And if you don't know that story, you can find out more about it in 1 Kings chapter 3. But wisdom, it's a practical science. It's knowing what to do and doing it. Um, it's available to everyone. We can't all be super intelligent like Dr. Sheldon Cooper, but we can all be wise and we can all act wisely. Wisdom, knowing what to do and doing it, wisdom very often is being able to tell the difference between truth and lies. And lies are tricky things. Hands up if you've lied recently. Oh, I'll give you the details later. But um, Lord have mercy. Uh, lies are tricky things, aren't they? Um, when we were kids, and sometimes uh, kids you might recognize this, when we were kids, lies were simple things. They were facts that were completely wrong. Have you cleaned your teeth? No. When you have. Just as a hint, if you're going to lie about cleaning your teeth, you're going to have to remember that you're going to lack that minty freshness. Okay? When we're kids, lies are simple things. They're facts, they're statements that are completely wrong. Did you take that biscuit? No. When we get a bit older, lies are tricky things. They get more and more complex, and they get more and more difficult to spot. And one of the ways that clever liars lie to people, one of the ways they do that when they're grown-ups is they add in a lot of truth, and only a little bit is a lie. But actually, when only a little bit is a lie, the whole thing's a lie, even though there's a lot of truth in it. And that's really tricky, and we get very confused, and we don't know what to do. What should we do? Ask for wisdom. So today we're going to hear the story, or some of the story, we're going to begin to hear about King Hezekiah. And King Hezekiah was the king of the nation of Judah, and he lived in the capital city of the nation of Judah, the city of King David, Jerusalem. And uh, uh, thank you. Next slide. Uh, in the uh, year um, <clears throat> of about uh, 701 before BC, before Jesus, 701 before Jesus, um, after King Hezekiah had been king in Judah, in Jerusalem for about 14 years, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came down. Uh, he came down from his capital city of Nineveh, and he attacked all of the fortified cities of Judah, and he captured them coming down from Nineveh, the city of the Assyrians. And what's a fortified city? Well, a fortified city is like a town inside a castle. There's a big, big wall. Jerusalem was a fortified city. There's a big, big wall all around the city 
to keep the invaders out. But it didn't work. The Assyrians invaded and captured them all. All except for Jerusalem. Um, the Assyrian army, they surrounded the city of Jerusalem, but they couldn't break in. But what they could do was they could surround the city and make sure that no one got in to help them and that no one got out to escape. So it was a stalemate. Neither side can win. What do we do? King Hezekiah, he sent out a delegation, a small group of people <clears throat> to talk and to hear what these invaders had to say. And the delegation consisted of Eliakim, the royal palace manager. They're all important people. Eliakim, the royal palace manager. Sheba, Shebna, sorry, Shebna, the king's personal private secretary. And Joah, the chief official journalist. And they went out to meet the field commander. And there they were. They stood on Washerwoman's Road, just outside of the city. And as it happened, here they are standing on Washerwoman's Road, just on outside, just on the way to a water supply outside of the city, just, just, in the, just outside the city, just in exactly that same spot. 35 years earlier, the prophet Isaiah had stood there talking to King Hezekiah's dad, King Ahaz, telling him exactly and precisely that God was bringing the Assyrians to devastate the land and that he needed to shape up and trust God. And in the 35 years since then, Isaiah has kept on. He's still alive at this time, and he's been faithfully preaching and teaching, preaching God's message, telling the people to turn back to God, to stop doing wrong, learn to do right, get the evil deeds out of God's sight. And above all, do not turn to other countries for help. Keep trusting God. So on that same spot where Isaiah, with his son, met with Ahaz, now the son of Ahaz, Hezekiah, he sends out a delegation to speak to the Assyrian invaders to find out what can be done. And uh, reading, uh, our reading this morning comes from uh, chapter um, 36. Um, I'll just read it to you. The Assyrian field commander said to Eliakim, Shibna and Joah, tell Hezekiah who sent you this. This is what the king, the great king, the king of Assyria says. Why are you trying to resist me? Why try to rebel against my power? You're talking like a big shot, but you're only a little man. You're trusting that Egypt will come and save you, aren't you? Egypt is nothing but a thin little reed. If you lean on Egypt in the time of trouble, it'll splinter and break and go straight through your hand. And if you're trusting in your God to save you, the Lord, well, then that's no good. Hezekiah has removed all the high places, all the places of prayer, saying, you're only allowed to worship God in the temple. I bet that even if I gave you 2,000 horses, I'd still beat you. You haven't even got the riders to stick on top of them. And have I come here without instructions from your God? He's the one who told me to come here and to destroy you. That's what my king, the great king, the king of Assyria has to say to you and to your boss, Hezekiah. 
then Eliakim and Shebna and and Joah said to the field commander, please, please speak to us in Aramaic, because, because we know Aramaic, but please don't speak to us in Hebrew, because if you speak to us in Hebrew, the people on, on the top of the wall, they will overhear us. But the field commander replied, are you kidding me? Do you think it's only to you and your boss that this message was sent? I'm telling this to all of you, you down here and you up there on the wall. Because you're the ones who are going to have to eat your own poo and drink your own wee when all the food and water run out. Then the field commander shouted out in, uh, in, 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 in Hebrew in front of everyone, Hear now these words of the king, the great king, the king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Hezekiah is tricking you. You can't win and he's lying to you when he says you can. Do not believe him when he says, trust in the Lord and it'll be all right. Don't believe that message. Don't listen to such nonsense. This is what the king of Assyria says. If you come out now, everything will be all right. It'll be fine and rosy. I'll let you stay in your own homes and live on your own farms, enjoying your own grapes and figs and water from your own well. Until, of course, it comes time to uh, relocate you to a different place, a nice place, much like your own, of course, if not even better. A land of wheat and vineyards, a land of bread and grape juice. Do not let Hezekiah mislead you when he says to you, the Lord will save you. What about all those other countries we've destroyed? Hamath and Arpad and Sepharaim and Samaria. Have the gods of those countries been able to save them? How then could your God save you from us? And all the people on the wall said nothing because Hezekiah had instructed them to say nothing and to make no reply. Then Eliakim, the royal palace manager, Shibna, the personal private secretary, and Joah, the chief official journalist, tearing their clothes as a sign of their distress, ran to Hezekiah to tell him what the field commander had said. Okay, so maybe um, I'll get some help from, uh, from people in the room. Uh, what is King Hezekiah Try, sorry, what? Sorry, not King Hezekiah. What is the field commander trying to do? Any ideas? There's lots of good ways of. Yep, what's he trying to get them to do? Yeah, that's, that's right. Scare them so that they're off their guard, uh, so indeed they'll surrender. And then they can be taken as slaves and all their stuff can be taken away from them. He's trying to scare them into not trusting God. Um, <clears throat> fear. Um, uh, is he telling the truth or is he lying? He's lying. Is it a simple lie or a complex lie? It's a hard lie, isn't it? It's a complex lie. Um, how, how, why, let's have, put some thinking caps on. Maybe the adults can help me, particularly those who've got, got the word of God open in front of them. How can we tell that's a lie? 
What's the, what are the things that we might listen for and hear when others are lying to us? Blake. Yeah, and, and, and that is the first and most important thing. It's always, it's always right to trust God, and you can never trust God too much. It's always right to trust God. Um, how else we, might we suspect that's a lie? Louise? I'm sorry? Yeah. Um, thank, uh, thank you, Louise. Um, he, he calls the man who's speaking the truth a liar, and, um, and that's really complex. That's what liars do. Uh, liars call other people liars. Um, and, and, uh, and then we don't know who to believe. And as grown-ups, when we watch the television or look at, uh, on stuff on and the internet or read this report or that report, we, we, we often feel confused. We don't know who to believe. Oh, is he telling the truth? And the other person I trusted, is that person a liar? Um, how else what might we suspect that this is a lie? I'll give you one answer. All of the, all of the pride and arrogance and boastfulness. Um, he keeps on referring to the king of Assyria as the great king, he never refers to Hezekiah as he could do politely as a king, and he is a king. But who is, what's the name of the great king? God, that's right, the Lord, Jesus. Um, the Lord is the great king. Um, uh, this guy's putting somebody else in God's place. That's a clue. That's a clue. Um, I'm now going to use a fancy term. He also uh, brings in false accusations and revisionist history. He accuses Hezekiah of being, uh, of being in alliance with Egypt, and he accuses Hezekiah of, um, of, of being, an, of being un impious, of being a faithless man. Do we know if those things are true? No, well, actually, let's hear from Jane. Uh, Jane's going to, uh, we'll need, the, we'll need um, uh, Helen, you might like to hold that in front of Jane. Yeah. Um, we're going to hear what the Bible in another place in 2 Kings says about Hezekiah, just so we know the kind of man we're dealing with. Thank you, Jane. In the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. He removed the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made, for up to that time, the Israelites had been burning incense to it. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him, among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses, and the Lord was with him. 
He was successful in whatever he undertook. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. Thank you. Okay, so um, yeah, and and actually, just to point out that the author of uh, the author of the book of Kings, he's 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 usually pretty fast to say the bad things about kings. You know, he he, he doesn't hold back. Uh, so, so he says he says only good things about Hezekiah. And one of the good things he says about Hezekiah is that he removed the high places because that's where the Israelites were doing false worship to false gods. So it was a good thing. So revisionist history is when a leader talks about true events but reinterprets them and gives them a false meaning. And uh, leaders today, I, I mean, uh, Vladimir Putin, barefaced liar, uh, he, 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 whenever he lies, he never says this doesn't happen, but he reinterprets why that happened. And his reinterpretation is a lie. Uh, there are many other barefaced lies in politics. Uh, Donald Trump is one. Um, I'm not sure. It would really be a very rare thing for to have a politician who's never lied to the public and known it at the time. But who are we to judge? Um, is there a child in the room who's never lied to their parent? Or a parent in the room who's never lied to their child? Um, it, it happens and we need to repent. Um, but there are some of the ways in which we recognize um, uh, we recognize uh, liars. There we are, false accusations, revisionist history, boastfulness, pride, arrogance, um, don't trust God. What will Hezekiah do? Chapter 37, uh, slide number five, I think. There we are. When King Hezekiah heard the news, he too tore his clothes. He put on sackcloth and went into the temple of the Lord. Then he sent his messengers, Eliakim, Shibna, and all the leading priests, all of them in sackcloth too, to the prophet Isaiah. They told Isaiah, Hezekiah has sent us to you to say, it's all happening, Isaiah, just as you said it would. This is a sad day, a day of crying and weeping, a day of being told off, a day of shame, and a day of being punished very severely. Perhaps God has heard all of the ways in which the Assyrians are insulting us. So Isaiah, please pray for us. And Isaiah, the prophet, he replied, this is what the Lord says. Do not be scared. Do not be frightened. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of what you've heard. All those big words, all those insults against me from those minions of the kings of Assyria, when he hears certain news, he'll jump up and go home. When he gets there, I'll have him killed with a sword. Now, Hezekiah had also received a letter uh, from uh, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and the letter said, don't trust God when he says through his prophet that Jerusalem is not going to be destroyed. Don't let them lie to you. Surely you've heard. Surely you know what I've done to all those other countries. I destroy and bring destruction wherever I go. Gozan, Haran, Rezef, Eden, Tel Azar, Hamath, or Arpad, Lair, Sepharim, Hena, and Ivar. Did their God save them? Neither will your God save you. Uh, when Hezekiah got the letter, 
he, 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 he printed it out. Um, and I, I imagine he did. Um, uh, he, he, when he got the letter, he, he took it to a place of prayer. He took it to the temple. Um, and he laid it out in front of God. And he said, look. Um, and when I was a very young and very new Christian, a lady told me to do that when I'm confused. Uh, she said, take it to the Lord in prayer. Lay it out before him. And sometimes, indeed, when I, as pastor of this church, if, if I get a message, an email um, that confuses me or that makes me feel bad, I'll print it out. I'll bring it in here. And I'll lay it before the Lord and say, Lord, please give me wisdom. Please help me to know what to do. Um, And um, King Hezekiah, he he took the letter. He showed it to God. He spread it out before the Lord in the temple. And he prayed, Lord, supreme commander, God of Israel, enthroned as king in heaven, surrounded by powerful angels, you alone are are the one true God of all the kingdoms on earth. You made heaven and earth. Listen up, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. See these words on this page? Sennacherib is making fun of you. But worse still, O Lord, it's all true. The Assyrians really have destroyed all those countries. I'm really confused. They really have thrown all their gods into the fire. But... Actually, they're not real gods. They're only statues. They're statues made of wood and stone, made by human hands. Now, O Lord, our God, save us from his hand. Save us so that all the kingdoms in the whole wide world will know that you are not like those statues, that you, O Lord, are the one and only true God. Then Isaiah sent Hezekiah this message. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to you, Hezekiah, because you prayed to me, here's my decision. Here's my words for Sennacherib, king of Assyria. You will run away frightened. You will run away from the children of Jerusalem. The little girls of Jerusalem will make fun of you as you run away, run away. Who is it that you've ridiculed? Who is it that you've made fun of? Against whom exactly have you spoken and raised your eyes in arrogant pride? Against the Holy One of Israel. That's who. Yes, I ordained it. Yes, I made it happen. That you would indeed rise to power and bring punishment from me upon many, many peoples and many, many nations. But now you are attacking me. So it's time to put a fish hook in your mouth and reel you right in. And uh, that slide is just to show that that's actually how the Assyrians treated their prisoners. They put fish hooks in their nose or in their mouths and they led them. Not a very nice thing to do. Now God says, I'm going to do that to you. God's ironic judgment. Um, Because your insolence has reached my ears, back you go the way you came. And to you, Hezekiah, he's not getting in. He's not shooting any arrows. He's not breaking down any walls or building any ramps. He's going home. I myself will defend this city and save it for the sake of my reputation and for the sake of David, my servant. This year, eat what grows just by itself. Next year, eat what springs from that. In three years' time, sow and harvest, plant and reap. Make vineyards and enjoy the fruit. For out of Jerusalem, a remnant will come. People belonging to me, heart and soul. Sprouting out of Jerusalem like a a new shoot out of the ground, taking root down below, 
bearing fruit up above. By my passion and strength, I will accomplish all of this, says the Lord. Then the angel of the Lord went out and killed 180,000 soldiers in the Assyrian camp. When the people of Jerusalem woke up the next morning, it was all over. as just a sea of dead bodies. So back home, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, had to go. He returned home to Nineveh, his capital city, returning the way he'd come. And one day, while he was worshipping his god, Nishrok, in his god's temple, his sons came and murdered him with a sword. And um, Esrachadon, his son, became king in his place. Interesting that his god couldn't save him, isn't it? Um, even when he was in the temple praying. Um, so that's probably enough for today. Lies are confusing. Um, uh, as adults, we hear lies every day. Um, and sometimes they make us very confused. Who do we believe? Because the lies that, that we hear and that we tell each other are often complex. A lot of truth mixed in with just a little bit of untruth, making the whole thing a lie. Any adult like to um, talk about where that's appeared in history? Some famous liars? <laughs> Bill Clinton. Um, yeah, and there are some fairly... There are, Bill Clinton was the answer. There are some fairly obvious answers. Um, Adolf, Adolf Hitler convinced a whole population uh, to do things which many of them knew sounded really bad, but they were convinced that it was justified and necessary um, because um, accomplished grown-up liars use a lot of truth with a little sprinkling of lies, and it confuses us as grown-ups. What should we do when we're confused and we don't know what to do? Thank you. Pray to the Lord who gives wisdom, and wisdom is very often being able to tell between lies and truth. We pray to the Lord, and the Lord gives wisdom. Um, uh, uh, one day, Jesus asked his disciples, who do the people say I am? And one of them, it might have been Peter, I can't remember, Hannah, forgive me, you taught me earlier. Uh, about, one of them uh, said, well, some say uh, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and uh, um, others say Jeremiah, and others say some of the prophets from long, long ago. Well, that was a lot of confusion, wasn't it? There was a lot of confusion as to who Jesus was. And, and then Jesus said, well, who do you say I am? And Simon, son of Peter, said, you're the Messiah. You're the king. You're the true king. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Peter, for this was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. And it is extraordinary. As a Christian, I know, after, I don't know, uh, 92, 30 years of being a Christian, I know that it is just extraordinary what God will reveal to those who simply ask him. It is extraordinary what God will reveal to those who simply ask him. Um, I had a friend in Melbourne who was a lady much older than me. She, she ran a business. Actually, her business was that she ran an expensive introduction agency. I'm not sure if they exist anymore. She was a professional matchmaker, helping people, uh, helping grown-ups find someone to marry. Uh, twice her business had been on the verge of collapse. Twice the Lord Jesus had appeared to her in her bedroom to tell her what to do with her business. 
because God cared for her business and God cared for her. The Lord Jesus cared for her. She obeyed what Jesus had told her and her business thrived. Um, twice. It is astonishing what God will reveal, what Jesus will say to those who simply ask him. Now, um, there might be some who doubt this. Don't worry, nothing will be revealed to you, for you are unstable in all that you do. But for those, for those who ask, it is astonishing what God will reveal to those who simply ask. I regularly get out of my depth. Um, I'm regularly confused by what I hear. Uh, but when I pray, the Lord will give me wisdom, even though I am not a smart man. The Lord have mercy. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you 